Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. It's Cindy Rakowitz, and we're here on January 11th, ready to talk about how marketing can apply to many different sciences. And I have a great guest to talk about how her marketing and advertising experience has applied to things that are saving people's lives and educating youth. And I'd love to introduce to you Kate Roberts. Welcome, Kate. Uh, hello there, Cindy. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. I, um, you know, I'm very excited to have you on the air because I was fascinated by the fact that one of the things that's talked about in your bio is the mm-hmm. fact that when you're marketing, you know, health education, AIDS, many of the methods are, you know, the same methods that are used to market Aldo shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, indeed. I mean, selling is selling. Um, there's principles of selling and marketing, and those can be applied to selling shoes or bubble gum or Coca-Cola or to sell life and health and hope and future. No, it's it's really true. You've done a wonderful job um, on the website in terms of your youth ambassadors. But before we go into the marketing methods, mm-hmm. um, talk a little bit about um, Youth Aids. Well, Youth Aids is a, a global initiative that I started about eight years ago, and um, what it does is it targets uh, young people from the ages of about fourteen to twenty-four although it has a little bit of a broader, a broader reach. And what we do is we use pop culture and all things that kids like to reach them with life-saving messages and health products to keep them healthy. Um, we do this by developing behavior change campaigns um, that reach them. Um, sometimes it would be using, for instance, a rock stars or soccer players. Um, again, all the all the genres that that youth are engaged by, uh, we tap into those and see if we can change their behaviour. Um, which is hard. It's a hard job to change people's behaviour, especially when they're set in their ways. Oh yeah, um, especially <clears throat> and you know when they're fourteen years old, they know everything. Of course, they know everything, <laughs> and they don't so. think that we know anything because we were never fourteen, of course. <laughs> no, and you know it's funny. They, it's fourteen-year-olds today don't understand that we who were fourteen, you know, at the at our time, uh-huh. it was very similar generally generationally. It's not that different. Well, you know, if you think about the sixties, um, I saw a documentary the other day on the sixties, and you know that that whole revolution of you know drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Um, it's actually no different now. It's just much more sophisticated and. Um, you know, it was even more readily available in the 60s. You know, LSD and acid and all the, you know, all those drugs um, were everywhere. And now, today, as I said, it's much more sophisticated. But it's actually harder, I think, for these kids to get these drugs. But it's much more prominent. And, of course, drugs leads to promiscuity, leads to unhealthy behavior. And, unfortunately, today, it's, hap- it's all happening so much sooner you know, kids as young as 11 are, you know, doing it on the back of the bus, going to school, whether it be, you know, with risky behavior in general. And uh, I'm not just talking about Northern America. I'm talking about the world over, which is right. why we have such a huge problem with, with HIV and other sexually transmitted diseases. And, of course, you know, uh, drug users with needles are also hugely at risk. 
Sure. No, it's it's really true. It's, um, I remember, you know, very very recently that, you know, cold treatments like chorisidin and all of that kind of stuff had to be put behind the counter. Because kids were abusing it. Well, yes, yes, indeed, indeed. In, in Russia, it's one of the biggest problems where, you know, glue sniffing, for instance, is the main uh, way that kids get high on the streets in Eastern Europe, uh-huh. which can be obviously bought everywhere. And, of course, this all relates to sexual promiscuity mm-hmm, indeed. and the need for sexual education that's tailored for that audience and who better to do it but you. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm not a one-woman show, Cindy. There's a lot of people helping out there. <laughs> well, talk about talk about how, you know, why you started the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of AIDS organizations out there. We there all is. know that. I, yes. You know, I've been involved with APLA. I've been involved with DIFA. I've been involved with, you know, um, Bogart, you know, mm-hmm. Research for Pediatric AIDS. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many organizations. And from being in the business for a very long time, you know, I pretty much know the ones that I like to work with, the ones that I trust, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that I, you know, I've seen their budgets and that, you know, the financials look as good as they could to me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and, you know, you people or decision makers who help give grants to these organizations or volunteer for these organizations, um, you know, there there are so many different organizations out there. How does one really know which ones? To support, I mean, mm. how to how do you make your point mm-hmm. to decision makers to say, "Hey, this one is really the one that you should be looking at because mm. we're reaching kids that are younger than anybody else." Right. Well, <clears throat> the first thing I'll say is, you know, all the organizations that you've listed are, are very good organizations, and there's so many of them out there. Um, I think pe- people and companies, and uh, just generally, there's lo- a lot of. Um, trepidation about charity in general, especially after 9-11 when a lot of new charities sprung up to sort of jump on the bandwagon and they weren't always honest about where the funding is going. So I would say that that's the first thing that people need to look out for is really look into the charity. Look at their overhead. You know, some charities overhead are, you know, 90%, which is just ridiculous. Um, So that's very important. So how much of your $10 goes to fight the issues. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to say that our overhead is only, leave it down to 6.8% now, so almost all of the funding that comes in goes directly to the programs um, to, to fight AIDS and, and the other um, health issues that we work on. So I would say that's that first of all, but for companies, if we're talking about cause-related marketing, which I think is the future of marketing, um, there just needs to be a good fit. You know, Aldo, for instance, um, it was a very good fit for Youth Aids because um, Aldo's target audience, who they want to sell shoes to, is our to- target audience. And Aldo wanted to send a message out there that we care about our customers. And they also wanted uh, us to reach their customers and protect their customers with these messages. And um, it's all about partnership, and it's finding that win-win um, solution to, okay, Aldo and what their objectives are and USAID's what our objectives are and then pairing them up together um, to form a great campaign which um, doesn't just educate young people with these life-saving messages and products but also helps Aldo to sell shoes. Well, of if that's if that's If that happens, that's just a partnership made in heaven and um, I think many companies can do the same thing 
if they find the right fit. And um, there are many, many, many worthy charities out there, and uh, I think there should be more of these kind of partnerships. Oh, I think so, too. What are you, what's your opinion? Sometimes it's interesting, and you're, you're a woman that has grown up in the advertising business. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes a charity... Um, will not associate with a corporation because they're having a problem problem with the corporation's mm-hmm. you know beliefs and right. you know for example uh, you know I grew up at Playboy Enterprises and I know you're smiling right now. Um, Fifteen years I ran marketing PR. I love Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I would get that sophomoric laugh. <laughs> no, I do. I love Playboy. Right, I actually think there's a real place for it, and and in fact I would be happy to partner with Playboy. I think that um, I, I think it's a very worthy magazine, actually. And what what a what a better fit to to partner with Youth Aids? No, it, 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 well, I think that it would. Um, you know, and this is where I had the experience in working with so many different AIDS organizations. But mm. you know, the funny thing is, is that Playboy has a great Playboy Foundation. You know, I was mm-hmm. on the board, mm-hmm. very very active. And mm-hmm. sometimes people would say, oh, an affiliation with Playboy, get out of here. Mm. You know, they use kind of their own. Um, you know, emotional reaction mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. what Playboy might be, not thinking of it and its potential market, um, but just, oh, my God, there's nude people, forget about it, you know. And there was no good reason to turn away no. working with Playboy when Playboy was perfectly ample for funding a company and giving it the appropriate exactly. play. You know, Cindy, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion, and, you know, there are a lot of very conservative charities out there, and, and they find their ways to stay afloat, and I respect them very much. And as I said, everyone's entitled to their opinion. In my opinion, um, Playboy, all Playboy's really readers are young, sexually active people, and they need to be aware of the dangers that there are out there in engaging in, in sexual behavior. And so what a better way to do it than go straight to the source Oh, um, I think that's and, great. Well, maybe something will come out of this. And, um, you know, we do have um, a playmate, Rebecca Armstrong, who you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. And she has AIDS. She is HIV positive. Oh, wow. And um, she does a lot of work going to universities and all that kind of stuff saying, yeah, you know, I'm a heterosexual woman and I got AIDS. Okay. Mm-hmm. She, wow. um, How she did she get that, it? Do you know? Yeah, she had various sexual relationships when she was 16, 17 Mm -hmm. um, with men Mm -hmm. and um, did not use a condom. Mm -hmm. And um, about five years later, she wasn't feeling very well. She thought she was pregnant. So it had that long of a gestation period. Mm -hmm. Um, She woke up and she really felt dizzy and nauseous and she just didn't know what was wrong with her. So finally, when she went to a doctor, they're like, you're HIV positive. We're sorry, you know, and... You know, Playboy, of course, embraced her, and we made sure that she got proper treatment, and mm-hmm. we sent her to Boston, and she became one of the, you know, most enthusiastic, credible spokespe- spokespeople on college campuses because everybody wants to go see a Playmate. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, and, you know, here's a Playmate that actually, you know, is infected. Mm. But she's doing terrifically. I mean, oh, that's, that's great news. And she's telling college kids, you know, how easy it is to slip on a condom, and she has quite an animated um, performance. Yeah. Well, listen, we have to take a break. Stay with me for another 15 minutes, and we'll talk more about youth aids. Okay, Okay. Kate? We'll take a break right now. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 817 0700. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? I found that soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 472-5788. Now back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Kate Roberts, Director of Youth AIDS Organization. Kate, I want to talk about your organization and how people can learn about it very easily. The website is lovely. Is that the best way for people to learn more about it? Yes, yes, if people go to www.youthaids.org, um, it really does give a comprehensive overview of what we do. And, um, of course, donations are always welcome. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think with that companies. if you want to get anything across to listeners, that's really what you want to get across on the most part, aside from education. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think generally what I'd like to say to your viewers is that, you know, it's not just AIDS. It's, it's, there's, there's lots of health issues out there. Um, you know, 80% of the world does not have clean water. Water, for instance, um, it's a shocking statistic. Um, you know, the big killers around the world are, are AIDS, um, malaria, and funny enough, diarrheal disease, which kills um, children under five. Um, and um, you know, it costs ten dollars to save a life uh, somewhere in the world, which is the, uh, less than a cost of a pizza. So, if, if everybody was to really get involved. Um, all they would need to do is send $10 in, and um, it, 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 it helps us to, to reach so many people. Um, the other thing I would say is get educated yourself. You know, learn about um, the, 
the situation out there. Know your health status. Go and get tested. Um, 90% of young people out there who are HIV infected are not aware that they are, so they're actually passing on the disease, um, and, and they're not. They're, they don't know they're doing it. Um, so know your status and get involved. Is what I would say. Okay. Now it's interesting to me, and I'm not bringing this up to criticize. I'm only bringing this mm-hmm. up. You know, because it's a marketing show, and I think that we've both been in marketing for a long time. Yes. Um, when I looked at the website, it didn't strike me immediately that Youth AIDS was dedicated to education and other causes as well. So, mm-hmm. is it? Did you choose AIDS because it is, you know, sort of the most popular? Or you know? <laughs> um, well, our focus is um, HIV, and um, that that website that you're looking at. Um, is predominantly HIV. Um, within the youth AIDS um, uh, group, um, we educate and we also care for people living with HIV uh, and AIDS. Um, with our mother company, which is PSI, and people can read about that at psi.org, um, we really fight all of the big killer diseases, um, water purification, malaria prevention, nutritional deficiencies. We provide, provide multivitamins and food supplements. Um, and uh, family planning um, is under our mother company, which we help out with as well. And this year, we actually are, are embarking on a huge uh, marketing campaign to fight malaria, which is literally the biggest killer in the world. Oh, it is. Well, for people that read the New York Times, they understand that. I don't know if people yeah. who watch Entertainment Tonight really know. Yeah, well, know that, that, you so. see, that's what we do at Youth We get it on Entertainment Tonight because that's what everyone's watching. Well, that's true. And I wanted to talk to you about celebrity relations, too, yeah. because I think that you, you know, you really do a phenomenal job in that area. And I wanted to, you know, for my listeners and you know, marketing purposes, talk about how you engage a celebrity to become involved in a cause because mm-hmm. you have fabulous youth ambassadors and a history mm-hmm. of great people who are involved with the organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure a good part of that is your personality, Kate. Um, because, oh, thank you. You know, there's a lot of charities out there, but, mm-hmm. you know, you seem to, you know, break through the clutter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I could tell by your voice you're a fabulous, passionate person. You come from an advertising background. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that one of the things that you knew you had to do is attract voices that youth would be amazed by and identify with. And mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about you know, sure. how you went about it. Um, well, the first thing I would say is, and it's it's really to back up what I said about Playboy. Um, you know, there's, there's places like Playboy, there's places like MTV um, that people criticize. And the reason they criticize it is because of the content. Um, the content of Playboy, people uh, perceive as pornographic. Uh, the content of MTV is they say, well, MTV, um, you know, puts on this these uh, videos that exploit women. And they do. And both of those statements are correct. Um, and w- what we have done with that, because we're not going to be able to change that. That is going to happen. Prostitution is going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. Well, it always did. You know what I mean? It's even before Playboy and MTV existed. Yeah, <laughs> prostitution existed. And I think that the world is not a perfect place. It just isn't. What we can do is we can use these avenues where we know that these things exist to try and change behavior. And that's exactly what we do with the celebrities that we work with. We have, as you said, a wide range of celebrities, and one of them is Ludacris. And Ludacris 
uh, his name is Chris Bridges. Um, in all of his lyrics and his videos, he's extremely uh, graphic. And guess what? He, he has millions and millions of young fans. Well, there's the upside. People yeah, have opinions and, um, about content and, you know, it's really quite, you know, and it, meanwhile, it, who's listening to Ludacris? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and, and I don't agree with his lyrics, and I've told him this. And um, But what we, you know, I'm a huge feminist myself, and I do not agree at all with any form of um, sex exploitation, um, especially where women are concerned. But the thing is that Ludacris has such a following that he needs to come forward and say, look, you know, this is my art, this is how I sell records, I protect myself, um, and this is what I do. And it has such a profound effect on young people. Well, because of course, everybody that's listening to him, you know, a majority of people that are listening to him are, mm -hmm. you know, Listen, they're listening to rap. You mm -hmm. know, you know that they're in the age group where they want to experiment and mm -hmm. they want to, you know, find out who they are. And they're hanging out with kids where things, you know, it just happens. And if mm -hmm. people say it doesn't happen, they're really in denial. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, Cindy, it's the same with, with prostitution. You know, I, I travel all over the world with our global ambassador, Ashley Judd. And, you know, we go and we, we make a lot of documentaries about what we see. And... Um, Whenever we go into brothels and we visit the girls, uh, where we are with our prevention programs, we go in with peer educators who, you know, go in and they protect the girls and they talk to them and they talk to their clients about having safe sex um, because we're not going to be able to change what's going on. Um, if we take the girls out, they will just go back in and start all over again. Oh, uh, and I would also have to say that it breaks my heart. You know, I want to take all of the girls home and cook them bacon and eggs, you know, and tuck them up into bed and say, you know, you never have to go back to that because it is, so, it's just heart-wrenching. And they're awfully young, aren't um, they? But, you know, Ashley Judd is then another, another great example who is actually uh, the, the first person I approached to be our global ambassador. She, she's absolutely amazing. Um, and she came on board um, not to be a huge name dropper, um, but uh, Bono and I asked her on the same day if she would get involved in the, in the, in the AIDS uh, prevention business. And she felt that it was too much of a coincidence that two, two different people in her life asked her at the same so time. It was a spiritual calling for her in a way. Well, I was like, wow, that's good, you know. <laughs> you could be a listen, you're, when you're using names to, you know, educate people and help people, you know, understand that, you know, these causes have to be paid attention to, that's okay, Kate. Well, the thing is, they're not going to listen to me, Cindy. Uh, you know, however passionate I am, I'm not going to be able to reach hundreds of millions of people on my own, So, which is why I've engaged um, these celebrities. And they are so dedicated and were very selective. Um, we actually just recruited a new uh, youth ambassador, Emmy Rossum, who is a very up-and-coming um, actress and singer who's absolutely delightful, and she's only 19. Was she in uh, Phantom of the Opera? She was in Phantom of the yes. Opera, and she also did The Poseidon with Josh Lucas, who's another yes. ambassador of ours. Yes. Um, and, you know, she, she is that youth... Uh, ambassador that can really reach the young people. We also worked with Christina Aguilera, which is another great example. You know, Christina um, had her dirty period, and, you know, people were very shocked. She was always in the media. Um, and we sort of said, well, look, you know, you, you have an opportunity to do a campaign with us to talk to those kids 
um, around the, the controversy of you showing your midriff and doing whatever it is you're doing. Um, and she, Christina, has been our most successful ambassador in the Aldo campaign. She sold the most um, empowerment tags that we were selling through uh, the Aldo stores around the world. Um, and she actually put it on the homepage of her website and really got into it. Uh, and that's what we need, and that's what's effective. And we feel very blessed to be able to work with some of these extraordinary people. Well, you know, but again, it takes a great director. Don't don't downplay yourself, Kate. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, a, it's like a snowball know. effect, Cindy. I, I really, I have a tremendous team of people here, and I, I, de- I just can't take uh, the credit for it. Um, we, we, USAID has attracted some great talent, both externally and internally, and um, we have wonderful programs around the world that sort of sell us for us. We have 70 country programs, um, and PSI has 6,000 staff on the ground, and our overhead is so low that I think that we're a good, a, a good bet for these partnerships. Well, talk about the website again, because I want many people to <laughs> go into it today. So why don't you go sure. ahead and talk about well, it? Well, I have to say, and I loved this program. I'm obsessed with it, actually. Um, we have this website youthaids.org please do go on to it and you'll see the kick me campaign the kick me campaign is something that everybody can do and um, we'll be relaunching it again this year um, do you remember when you were at school and you'd get a tap on your back and somebody would say tag you're it and you wouldn't yeah, realize yeah, that you'd be, you'd be walking around with an offensive sign on your back well we sort of tapped into this and uh, developed the kick me campaign um, which around big days in the AIDS world, like National Testing Day and World AIDS Day, which is December 1st, we do the campaign, and everybody can do it, and everybody can sign on, and then it means reaching out to your friends and family to sponsor you to make an idiot of yourself walking around with a sign on your back on one of these days. But so. it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant marketing. <laughs> it is. And, it, you know, it, again, I'm not gonna, I really appreciate the fact, too, that you're crediting all of the people that are a part of Youth AIDS and have dedicated their lives to saving others and educating others. I think that it's crucial, critical, and we really applaud you, Kate. I mean, thank you. You thank and you. all of the people involved in Youth AIDS. How's that? Oh, that's so that good. Way, you know, that's oh, good. Not just people AIDS, need to get the credit. <laughs> you know, the other thing I will say about Youth AIDS, Cindy, is that everybody, it's so easy for people to get involved because of our platform. There's so many different ways of getting involved, and we need everybody. We need church leaders. You know, Archbishop Desmond Tutu is one of my all-time heroes. We, we honored him a couple of years ago. He's, he's a tremendous, tremendous man and mentor. Um, so, again, anybody can get involved, whether you're a member of the church, um, whether you're a school teacher and you want to throw a campaign at your school with your kids, um, whether you're a large company or a small company. You know, we have an amazing campaign with Kiehl's uh, Cosmetics um, who've been really uh, loyal and, and involved from the very beginning. MAC Cosmetics, you know, I, I could list them all up. Levi's. Um, you know what? It's the sponsors that, the corporate sponsors that bring, you know, a good amount of the dollars, and I know that you're doing a terrific job, and I have you. to wrap up the segment, but I want everybody to go into www.youthaids.org. Did I say it right? It, that is right. And, oh. I, and by the way, I just want to say good for you on Rebecca at Playboy. I think it's tremendous that she's been well looked after and that you're using her in the right way. Well, listen, thanks. We will definitely pass that on to her, and good luck. Thank you. You too. All right. You take care, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Happy New Year. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.
unlimited talk at your fingertips, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment.com. Or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished, inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do and learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back talking about marketing, and today now we have the author of Make It Stick. Did I say that right, Dan? Made to Stick. Made to Stick. Close Dan, enough. I'm a little sleepy today, <laughs> so I'm really sorry. No, but no Made to Stick. Now that's a marketing power word. Stick. Made to Stick. Absolutely. Why some ideas survive Absolutely. and others die. That's uh, that's the uh, that's the stick factor there that uh, you may remember from the tipping point, which is uh, where we ripped off the word stick. Uh, well, I do remember the tipping point, and we definitely had the authors on the show, so but that's Fabulous. okay. <laughs> but um, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure, and I didn't get a copy of the book, but I have all the information of the book. 
So, um, well, I'll make sure you get a copy. I will get a copy. Where is it on sale at retail now? It is. It just went on sale last Tuesday. Well, congratulations. So at Barnes and Noble and yeah, everywhere the books are sold, you'll find this thing. Well, what more can you ask for, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Dan, I know that you have an academic background, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have I have an MBA, and now I'm working for a branch of uh, Duke that does executive education. Right, I have that down, and um, you've been studying the design of ideas. Yeah, my brother and I have always had this weird passion for ideas and 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 uh, figuring out what makes them tick and figuring out what makes some ideas work and and others not work. And so the the spark for our book was when we started to realize that. Of all these ideas we were surveying, which which range from Aesop's fables 2,500 years ago to uh, modern-day urban legends to uh, corporate mission statements, we started to spot patterns in these things. And we started to notice that, you know what, the same trait you see in a successful urban legend is the same trait you see in a high school history lesson that works. And so that got us inspired to, to kind of single out what are these traits that successful ideas share and uh, and how can we uh, help other people see how to use these traits in their own ideas? Okay, and I see that there's a matrix of six common traits. Yes, indeed. Okay. There, there are six traits of stickiness. Uh, a couple of them are uh, they are simple, unexpected, and concrete. It might help if I give an example. In, in uh, 1961, John F. Kennedy famously uh, called for the nation to put a man on the moon and bring him back safely within the decade. Now that is a classic sticky idea, one of the stickiest ideas in American history. And, and so if we apply some of, the, some of the sticky principles that we've identified in our book to that, you'll see how, how, how well it matches up. It's incredibly simple. It's unexpected. I mean, in 1961, the idea of putting someone on the moon was like science fiction. Mm-hmm. It was concrete, and this is where so much business communication goes wrong. Think about how few people would have misunderstood that that call to arms. I mean, would anyone misunderstand the words man, moon, or decade? Mm-mm. Everybody shared, you know, a common sense of what victory was. Uh, it was also credible, you know, coming from the president. That helps. A little. <laughs> and uh, the final two attributes are emotional and, and story format. And, and this was a great emotional story. It was it was a way to appeal to, you know, our sense of yearning for that for that next frontier. In this case, it was it was space, and it was a fantastically successful idea. Well, listen, that makes sense. What are some of the other? I mean, using Kennedy and you know the man and the moon, you know, appeal. What what others do you use as examples as having those same kinds of stickiness? Well, here's here's a, a, a much more trivial, but, uh, but but probably more relevant to, uh, to the lives of us in the business world, uh, the Jared campaign from Subway. Um, you know, so Subway wants to get across the message that it has a new line of low-fat sandwiches, and and so how do they do that? Well, they had actually run a campaign before Jared, uh, and the campaign was called Seven Under Six, and what that meant was we have seven sandwiches under six grams of fat each. That campaign was relatively mediocre. No, I was going to say, it doesn't sound that that would fall under, you know, your um, definitions of what sticky ideas may be. Yeah, it pretty much scores zero for six on the stick test. <laughs> um, and then they, they switched campaigns, and, uh, and, and they started running ads about this guy, Jared, 
who's a you know who, who was a college student in Indiana and famously lost over 200 pounds by eating Subway sandwiches every day. Right now, in some ways, that seems a little unfair, doesn't it? Because seven under six is more specific; it's more mathematical. But, um, but when you talk not, about Jared, you're talking about here. one guy, it's, one random guy from the universe, and yet when Jared launched as a campaign within a week he was on oprah (laughs) so so why uh, is this why does this thing work so well and it's for a couple of reasons one is we are just wired uh for stories you know as long as humans have existed they've told stories to each other and and our brains are are, uh, cling to stories in a way that they don't cling to abstractions or to theories or um, to seven under six, for that matter. No, seven under six is, it, you know, I, first of all, I've never heard of the campaign, and, I, you know, I'll tell you, you know, I'm pretty exposed to advertising in the media, you know, yeah, I would think more so, yeah. so than most. And I, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Now, <laughs> did I hear about the Subway diet? You bet I did. Uh, absolutely. And, and think about how unexpected Jared is, you know. Like we were talking about how unexpected the Man on the Moon speech was. It seemed like science fiction. Jared is just as unexpected. I mean, if there's one thing we know about fast food, it's that if you eat a lot of it, you're not supposed to lose weight. Uh, and so that was the great hook of this campaign is, is Subway saying, look, I know you think we're a fast food chain, but check out this guy who lost a lot of weight by eating our products every day. That's a, that's a fascinating, surprising insight. No, it is. It really is. Do you think that um, Subway realized that they made a mistake? What's the inside scoop? Well, there's actually an interesting backstory here, which is Jared was discovered by one of the franchise owners, um, and uh, word of this guy got to Hal Reine, their advertising agency, and Hal Reine went nuts and and said, oh, this is the one, we got a great campaign here. They went and pitched the story to the top marketers at Subway, and they said no, not interested. Well, because the marketers at Subway didn't understand stickiness. Well, I, you know, I don't know <laughs> what got into them, but they actually passed on this great tale. Well, Hal Reine understands stickiness, and anybody in advertising knows who the great advertising leaders are, right? So, <laughs> Well, and, and listen to this. I mean, this doesn't happen every day. Hal Reine was so sure they were right that they actually uh, paid out of their own pocket to develop the ads for Jared, and they went around uh, national marketing at Subway and, and, and put the ads in place at the local franchisee la- level. Oh, that's amazing. So they they basically did grassroots guerrilla marketing. That's exactly. Jared bubbled up from the franchises and eventually, you know, to the to the credit of the the marketers at headquarters, they finally realized, "Hey, we blew this one. Let's get on board." And they did it and it was a huge success. Well, it's a, that's a really great made to stick story. I mean, Absolutely. You know, it was even turned down at first and you know, so the marketer found another way and you know, invest had the means to invest in it you know, themselves, which, you know, but also had the wherewithal to realize that, you know, it's the franchisees, you know, that are, I mean, they're really the ones that are selling to the customers, and if the franchises like it, you know, how could it be wrong? That's right. That's right. And, and you know, the, uh, the the predicament of the national marketers at Subway uh, reminds me of, of what is, Essentially, the the arch villain of our book, the uh, the enemy of stickiness, and it's called the curse of knowledge, and and this is a phenomenon that was discovered by some psychologists and behavioral economists uh, in the late eighties. And the curse of knowledge says that the more we know about something, the more expertise that we gain, the harder it is for us to imagine what it's like to lack that knowledge. That's very true. It's very so true. If, if you and think I... about like 
the IT guy in your office, you know, and you, and you call him over and you've got some kind of computer problem, and, and it's sometimes awfully hard to get a crisp, clear answer out of that person. Well, I think you could say the same for lawyers and accountants, and I mean, not everybody, but you know, it's like they oversaturate you with knowledge. And that's, that's exactly right. And, and we fall and, asleep. And I think lawyers and accountants are are, are great examples of that. Uh, and and what's going on there is clearly not that they don't know enough. And in, in fact, in some in some ways, the knowledge is precisely the problem. It's that they've lacked empathy uh, in communication for people who don't know what they know. Now, here's the really bad news. Is in my opinion, I think we're all the IT guy in our field of expertise. Because, you know, to succeed in this world, you've got to gain experience in something. And so we learn more and more about our jobs, and we get better and better at our jobs, and we get better at solving particular kinds of problems. But simultaneously what's happening is we're building a mental distance from our audience. Well, you know what? It's so true, and I want to talk about this more. Um, you're, you're hitting upon something that doesn't only hit the creative community, but anybody in business. It's amazing. And I think that when people people have to be sort of aware that you can't be Miss Know-It-All or Mr. Know-It-All because you're really going to end up alienating people. And some people, you know, really have to kind of backtrack and be humble and hide the knowledge that they have so they don't piss off people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Am I right I about it's, that? It's, I, I, I definitely don't think it's that people are, are deliberately trying to show off or, or trying to, to make other people feel ignorant. I think it's actually invisible to most of us. No, I think I, it's I, true. I think it's true. I think it just sort of like silently infects the way that we speak because here's the thing. When, when you get good at something, what's happening is that you're able to, to understand things at a higher level of abstraction. Like when I go to the doctor, I know, you know my heart is beating fast. But when the doctor hears my heart is beating fast, immediately he's, he's thinking through these elaborate chains of symptoms in his head, and he's saying, oh, well, that's a symptom of this, but that can't be true because he doesn't have this symptom. He's seeing the kind of big abstract picture. All I'm seeing is the concreteness. Or in the office, you want to know what button to click on your software program to do what you need to do. The IT guy sees you know, integrated systems and back-end software and databases, uh, and so when we, become, when we become experts, um, we're able to see the abstract picture, and that makes us want to speak at the abstract level. And but, sometimes we just have to put a lid on it. Well, exactly. I'm thinking about that, Dan, I have to take a commercial break, but sure. we're going to be back. Great. <laughs> okay, so hang on there, and we're going to talk more about Mate Stick. Streaming the world over, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 817 0700. Rack and Roll Productions. We do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com.
West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific Time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Reviews, show me the business, connecting you to the business world. Free yourself from the prison of your conditioned thoughts and destroy barriers that hinder your success. Tune in to Empowered Living, Life, Truth, and Being Free with host, speaker, writer, and personal coach Steve Maraboli. Steve and his expert guests take you on a quest for truth and highlight philosophies and strategies that help you release your greatest self. It's time to shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to your greatest potential, and align with happiness, success, and excellence with Empowered Living, Life, the Truth, and Being Free with Steve Maraboli. Broadcasting every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Empowered Living, Life, the Truth, and Being Free. Release the power within. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Okay, everybody, we're back with Dan Heath, and he has written a book, Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. And um, we're going to talk more about stickiness and non-stickiness, which is really the bottom line in selling your book, to put it simply, right? That's right. We want the book to stick. <laughs> I love the word stickiness. It's it's very sticky. Well, you know, we have we we put a piece of duct tape on the cover to try to to try to uh, get that across. And it was funny because in some of the early cover designs, um, uh, some of the some of the designers were coming up with things about post-it notes and scotch tape, and and we kept saying, no, not sticky enough, not sticky enough. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know, it's that's a clever idea. I hope that people. I really hope that you know people. Go out and get the book because one of the biggest, you know, flaws that I've seen in, you know, marketing in America today or even corporate America today is that there really are a lot of great ideas out there, um, but you know, people just don't know how to sell them, and there is so much noise to discourage a great idea because there's politics and all of that kind of stuff. So you know, how does a marketing genius, you know, win their constituencies over? And I, I, the subway, you know, the the subway anecdote is classic because it's like, well, if they're not going to buy it this way, I'm going to do it my own way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I think you're exactly right about the phenomenon. It's like we all have good ideas we need to get across, but but I think the problem is that that we tend to think that having a good idea is ninety percent of the battle. Uh, but uh, but but as folks know from PR, as people know from marketing. It's not ninety percent of the battle. You've got to you've got to figure out how to get that great idea out of your head and into the heads of your audience, and that uh, requires some translation. And um, and none of the none of the steps we talk about in the book, none of the techniques are hard, uh, but they're not natural either. Uh, they won't come intuitively, um, like making things concrete. You know, we're so tempted to talk in terms of abstractions and talk about uh, it's kind of like the way CEOs talk about. 
maximizing shareholder value and growing through innovation and uh, being the international leader and blah 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 and people's uh, eyes go blank exactly exactly and and there's there's nothing that we that we fear more than than being forgettable oh, and abstraction is forgettable can I tell you something funny? Just be, you know, only because you're the stick expert. Yeah. <laughs> I um I grew up at Playboy Enterprises. I ran um, public relations and marketing for the company for 15 years. And it w- the funny thing is is that you know I reported to both of the Hefners, and Christy Hefner is the CEO, and her dad, the founder, U M Hefner, you know, is the founder of the company, and. There, you know, the creative side of the company was definitely on Hef's side of the company, okay? <laughs> and the things that were less sticky was, you know, on Christie's side of the company. So, you know, Hefner really insisted that all of the creative report to him, and I think for good reason, actually. <laughs> but um, it was just so funny because, you know, Hefner's people would come up with really great creative ideas, but... You know, Christy always wanted to be in charge of them because she's the CEO of the company. And the challenge of Hefner's people was always to try to make Christy understand that the ideas that were coming out of the, you know, right side of the brain of the company were really the ones that would market the company in a better way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, if there's one thing we can say about Playboy, it's definitely not abstract. Um, well, no, it's not. And, um, you know, so running marketing for the company was really, it was a challenge because there was a left side of the brain and a right side of the brain. So making things stick really became more of a political campaign, you know, in terms of, you know, the corporate side of the business. Oh, yeah, than, I can imagine. You know, selling and an idea because the idea was already sold if Hefner approved it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was like a bipartisan situation. <laughs> How does it work in politics? I know that you mentioned the Kennedy speech, but when, you know, right now the Democrats are trying to, you know, gain some more momentum, you know, for the next presidential campaign, and would you have, you know, um, an example of how it sticks, how, who the stickers are? How's that? Yeah, well, one of my favorite examples from politics, uh, it comes from the 92 Clinton campaign, and, and I, I think most of your listeners will be familiar with this, but uh, this is when Carville was running uh, Clinton's campaign for, for uh, the presidency. And, and, and let's set the context here for a second. You know, these, these national political organizations are essentially cobbled together in a very short period of time, and you've got to build a nationwide infrastructure, and you've got to build it out of largely volunteers, you know, lots of college students, lots of people who this may be their first job. Um, so we're not talking about a, uh, a general electric level of efficiency here. Uh, and meanwhile, your candidate, your star, is someone who's so smart and such a policy wonk that, uh, that he knows a little bit about everything. I mean, you could ask Bill Clinton about the immigration policy in Tanzania, you know, and he's going to have an answer and he's going to have an opinion about it. And so if you're Carville... This is a tough situation because you've got a candidate who's kind of all over the place, and you're working through an infrastructure in terms of people uh, that's distributed and and uh, and not well trained. And so, how do you keep your messages simple? Uh, it, it's almost an impossible mission. And 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 famously, one day Carville had had enough, and in a moment of frustration, he went to the the whiteboard in the company headquarters and or in the uh, campaign headquarters rather, and wrote on the whiteboard, "It's the economy, stupid." <laughs> and, and that became 
uh, probably the single most famous line from that election cycle. And and there's no genius to that, right? It's not it's not like a famous advertising tagline. What he's doing there is he's reminding them that when you need to get a message across, you have to make choices. You have to make really hard choices between ideas that are all important to you. And Clinton, he wanted to talk about health care. He wanted to talk about the deficit. He wanted to talk about defense. Uh, but Carville is saying, look, I know we've got a lot to say. All of it's important. I know we've got opinions on everything. But if we want to prevail in this election, we've got to be simple. And simple means making choices, and our choice should be the economy. And uh, it was very effective, and uh, uh, as we all remember, it was ultimately successful. Well, I, again, simple, which is your first, you know, your, the first criteria for making an idea stick, according to Dan Heath, right? That's right. And, um, keep and, it simple, simple, stupid. Yeah. People, when people hear simple, they think dumbing down, but that's not at all the sense of the word that we're using. We're using simple in terms of, of being core, that you're, you're focusing on your core message and you're stripping out everything else, um, not just what's tangential, but you're also stripping out ideas that are really, really important, but just not the most important. Right. You know? Well, I want my MTV is classic. Absolutely. You know, it's like, how, what better thing can you do but get artists that want to get airplay on the new, you know, video TV music station, you know, saying, I want my MTV. <laughs> That's right. Well, and, and notice that, you know, that, um, that tagline, it, what it's really doing implicitly is creating an MTV kind of person, so to speak. It's like you're, you're saying, um, I'm an MTV sort of sort of sort of, uh, sort of person. You know, I, I like my music videos. That that's part of my identity. It, well, so, it falls into everything. It's unexpected. It, and, you know, as simple as it was, concrete, credible. You know, and you don't even need the emotional stories because you got David Bowie doing it. <laughs> that's exactly right. But we have to wrap up soon. I you know, and I'm sorry about this. I'd love to have you on the show again because I'm fascinated by the science of ideas. Um, and I hope that you'll join us again. But I want Absolutely. everybody to run out to the store. As, as and you can tell, purchase... I, I love talking about this stuff. So no, well, you sound very passionate about it. Made to stick: Why some ideas survive and others die. And you wrote it. And your co-writer is my brother Chip. Okay, so Dan and Chip Heath. So support the Heath family. Okay, <laughs> and is it available online? It is, it is, and our website is madetostick.com. There's a blog there, and, and the first chapter is also available for free, so you can check it out and see whether it's for you. Well, listen, go out and get sticky. Get sticky, man! <laughs> and Appreciate thanks for it. joining the show. All right, thanks so much, Cindy. All right, take care, and we're signing off. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.